Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connection, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Back to Basics. This is a very special episode indeed for me because my guest is someone I got to meet recently for my Back to Basics experience, but I'm not going to jump ahead and I'm going to say welcome Carly Hawk. She's an acclaimed author, organizational and leadership development consultant, Stanford instructor, executive coach, and sought after speaker who teaches people, leaders, and teams to lead consciously from the inside out and develop a workplace and a world that prioritizes people and planet first. Carly's new book, Shine, Ignite Your Inner Game to Lead Consciously at Work and in the World, debuted February 2021 and was published by none, no other than Sounds True. Carly also hosts the Shine podcast. Oh my God, Carly, you do. I, I could be speaking about you so for, for hours, but I'm going to stop there and say hello <laughs> and welcome to Back to Basics. Thank you. I'm so delighted to be here and be talking to you, Leticia. Well, I'm equally excited because, you know, the audience know that uh, my husband Don and I embarked in a very, very special project, which is a transformational back to basics experience. And it's going to take place in April 2022 in Sicily. And as we were looking for inspiring people to headline and be a speaker, we came across you, Carly. And so now you're the main speaker of the event and we're going to talk about that. But before that, I want to learn everything there is to learn about your own journey and have our audience, you know, get as fascinated as I was when I first met you. Yeah. So the, why don't we start at the or in the origin story or the at the beginning? Tell us about where you're from, mm-hmm. and uh, you know what you were passionate about. I know some of these stories, but I'm sure you will share what what were you really you know moved by when you were a young girl. Well, again, thank you. Um, I'm so excited to talk about the Sicily experience and appreciate your interest and in how. I've been leading in the world and at work. So I had a really strong calling as a small child to be a good steward of the planet. And I I grew up in Florida and I would go to St. Augustine Beach, which is on the Atlantic Ocean since I was a a child. And I would take walks on the beach and then walking on the beach, I would often see plastic. And at that time, There wasn't any recycling. There wasn't even waste receptacles on the beach. And so just intuitively, I'd pick up plastic bags and I'd fill them with as much trash as I could find. And then I would bring them back to the condo that my family was renting. And I'd hand these bags over to my mom. And she would (laughs) look at me and she'd say, Carly, what am I supposed to do with these bags of trash? But because I was very avidly interested in sea animals and marine life and sea turtles and 
had been reading up a lot on it, I knew that sea turtles often thought plastic were jellyfish. And so if they were seeing a plastic bag, they were going to eat it, they were going to choke, they were going to drown. And I felt very adamant that that couldn't happen on my watch. So Mm. I shared that with her, maybe not as articulate because I was probably (laughs) around six or seven. Wow. But that's always been a a deeper calling for me of, of how do we really live in greater harmony with the earth, recognizing that we are not separate from the earth and the well-being of the earth is intricately connected to our well-being. And let's face it, if we don't have clean water, clean soil, clean air, we can't bring our best selves to work. We can't bring our greatest gifts to the world because it's part of our survival. And so initially I thought I wanted to be a marine biologist. And then I shifted and recognized I probably am not that gritty to be on a boat day in and day out, swimming with the dolphins. And was that really the biggest lever I could pull if I really wanted to support people and planet to thrive? And so I became very interested in systems and systems, for example, you know, the body is a system. And if we as a human being are off in our mindset, in our heart, and if we have imbalance happening, it shows up in the body. Dis-ease, I like to say, which is really disease, right, mm-hmm. is an imbalance. But we also have that in corporate culture. You know, we, we may have a leader that is leading from a very imbalanced place where there's not a lot of consciousness, where they're not looking at the long-term consequences of their actions that could be negatively affecting people and planet. And so how could I inspire and influence the greatest action in my life that was oriented towards the greatest good? And that doorway was through leadership and through supporting companies to be a force for good in the world. And that is the focus of the book. And it's the focus of my body of work. And it's a deep purpose I feel called to. Wow. That's um that's quite a journey. And also I admire people that somehow have such clarity because, you know, I've had now probably over 140 guests and, and I'm always fascinated by listening to each story and how people got to, you know, their calling or what they're doing. And, and, you know, you have people that as a young person, they were passionate about something, then they went did. 25 years in a career that they liked, but didn't love. And then they have a back to basics, as I call it, to to what they were passionate about. But somehow you have been able for what you've shared to merge that love for and strong calling for, you know, contributing to the greater good and, and do good to the earth into also training and inspiring the leaders, you know, to, to do that as well. And that's fascinating. Hmm. Well, I have to also say that it it took a while for me to, I think, really own that and to have the courage to step into that. But that was definitely a deeper motivating force. And it just took time as I learned more and more, you know, in my master's around organizational development, as I worked as a therapist first to really understand the psyche, the trauma that we all carry, and then 
really moving into more executive coaching and then designing and leadership consulting, it's definitely had a lot of different pathways and deepening over time. Um, but the book, I think, really solidified it even more because it was such an arduous process, but also I think I had to be really in integrity within myself if I was going to be writing about it. And for those folks that have written a book, and I know you've written a book, sometimes the book writes you, at, at least in my experience with this book. If there was anything that I wasn't really embodying that I was asking other people to do, I got tested, like majorly tested in the four years I was writing this book. <laughs> and all the practices infused in the book are, are my own. Like I was already, you know, walking them, so to speak, in my own life. But it required me to go even deeper so that I was really in integrity, if that makes any sense. God, that makes the whole sense in the world. And 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 in fact, I love the, you know, that the, the book's name is Shine, which I love. But also, you know, what the subtitle is, I guess, Ignite Your Inner Game to Lead Consciously at Work and in the World. And that's such a powerful, you know, couple of sentences there because the Ignite mm -hmm. is a call to action. And I'm sure that, mm -hmm. you know, you've consulted or spoken, I mean, besides Stanford University, where, where you're, you know, a teach uh, recurrently, but you, you've consulted with Intuit, with Pixar, with LinkedIn. I mean, I, I, I could name the, the incredible organizations for hours that you've helped. So I, I'm curious to know in your experience as you work with leaders, you know, at the top, at, at the highest level, what is it that you see? Do you see that people did that need that ignition? Like they, we all have the components that we need to lead consciously, but somehow they are dor dormant or, or I'm curious to know about what your experience is there in terms of all the leaders you've trained and what you're seeing firsthand in the practical world. Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I guess what I'll start with is, you know, the book title Shine, that title came to me pretty quickly when I was asked to give, you know, the book a name. And in order to transform the parts of ourselves that we don't see, the parts of business, the parts of the world that are that are hard to look at, that, you know, have suffering involved, that are hurting and harming we have to shine the light on them. Because if we're not looking at them, if we're avoiding them, if we're being silent about it, it never shifts. The transformation, the healing that does not occur. And when I look at businesses, and this really you know, evolved from the industrial revolution, I think businesses have really prioritized profit. And there's been this motivation towards greed, towards power that has not been serving in a conscious way. And we're social emotional beings. So if we live in an environment, in a culture that's more is better, be aggressive, be dominant, don't show empathy, you can't express emotions at work, we're compartmentalizing the being, like the beauty of each of us, the love, that we have to give one another. And I, I think we've been in a bit of a trance where we're just chasing 
after something that's not really going to make us happy. You know, more power, more money. Does that really make us happy if we're hurting the people around us, if we're not taking care of our ecosystem? No, not not at the, in the long term. So to answer your question, I feel like one of the things that I try to bring people's attention back to is what really matters. And what do they really love that they're willing to stand and fight for? It's really about changing the mindset to see the thoughts that we've been feeding, so to speak, which might be delusion, which might be aversion, which might be greed coming from a more Buddhist lens um, because I've been a meditator since I was 19 and I've studied a lot of the original suttas. Those are some of the defilements that kind of keep us stuck. But what's so beautiful is that the opposites of those, if we cultivate those qualities, which is greater consciousness, the opposite of greed is generosity. The opposite of aversion is, aversion is another word for that could be fear, is love. The opposite of delusion, where I pretend that climate change isn't happening and I keep you know, driving my big truck and we don't have a lot of oil left, that's wisdom. Wisdom would be, maybe I need to be more mindful about how I'm consuming, about the products I'm buying, about the impact I'm making in the world with my choices. And so I believe we all have a level of consciousness and it can be cultivated and deepened and that creates the shift. Um, the inner game, you know, is, is the subtitle of the book, but the inner game really is the director of our outer game. So if I'm cultivating, for example, self-love, then Leticia, when you get upset with me, I'm just picking on you here, when you get oh, upset okay. with me, <laughs> um, for example, which doesn't happen, but, <laughs> but at some point it may, and that's okay. You're human and I'm human. But I can look at whatever trigger, whatever reaction you're having with greater love and compassion because I have that part too. But it, when the trigger or the reaction happens, if I can come from a place of not blame or shame, but recognizing, oh, she's, she's just in a fear place or an angry place or an impatient place. And how can I have compassion for myself right now? How can I have compassion for her? And how do we come together to create more harmony and resolution? You know, conflict is part of being human. It's part of the workplace. And I believe that it can be healthy, but we have to be willing to have those courageous conversations. And that comes from a level of consciousness, of being willing to engage in truth and love. And so that's kind of a big answer. But really, the qualities of the book that I talk about, the conscious qualities, support us to have these bigger conversations that we need to be having right now at work and in the workplace so that we shift the systems and the structures that are creating hurt and harm. And they are not going to get us to a thriving world or planet where everybody can really feel like they have the same opportunities and they belong. 
Mm, that's a great answer. I love it. And 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 as you were speaking, of course, there's a, a million other questions that I, I want to ask. And that now, as you know, digressing a little bit, but I, I want I feel I want to ask this question. As you know, I'm part of uh, the inner MBA, and I'm gonna give a, a shout out to to Tammy Simon because she's the one that put us in 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 touch, and you were interviewed by her, which is a great honor for her podcast. And and I had her as a guest on my podcast. So it's, it's, it's she's been it's, on my podcast. And I so so it's Tammy. great. Yes. Yeah, so Tammy, we love you. Thank you for your support. <laughs> But, you know, as part of the inner MBA, one of the questions that I've heard already in like the last three sessions, live sessions, is people asking, how can we help raise that awareness? Like, I guess people are concerned that they are, you know, you ha we have uh, just by having these conversations, certain curiosity, like exploring other things. But I think we all can relate to someone in our lives where you see this where you see they kind of want to do the same, but they don't either have the curiosity or their level of awareness is, you know, that they are not raising it or, you know, they're not being active about it. And I've heard like at least three questions in the past three weeks. It's like, what can I do about a loved one that I see they could, you know, step into that awareness and, and, and become more active. But you cannot force people to awaken or to, try to listen to a podcast and see what happens. What's your take on that with the, with, with the same kind of people in your life? Is there anything you actively do or you kind of say every person is in their own journey, their own moment, and you need to let it happen when it, when it has to happen? Well, the way that most people change, the way that business is you know, changing right now comes from suffering. That's just the truth. Mm -hmm. We typically don't change until we've hit enough of suffering to say, I can't keep doing this pattern anymore. This isn't working. So, you know, for example, like I'll, I'll give an example of, of Amazon. Amazon is this incredible company that really came to the aid of so many people in the midst of COVID. And they had workers working very, very hard to fill orders and they didn't do it perfectly. And they're messy. You know, every company is messy, just like every human is messy. And in the process of trying to be serving the world in this deeper need, a lot of the employees didn't feel, and there's lawsuits and there's unions being filed. And Amazon is saying, we need to do business differently. And one of their mission statements that has shifted in the last year is they want to be Earth's best employer. That's that's amazing, which mm -hmm. means they have to really take care of their people in a way that they have never done before. And so the suffering that has come out from their employees, they're listening to, they're awakening. Um, and so I think that's the truth for any of us. You know, if, whatever it is that we're doing, if we're drinking much, if we're engaging in patterns or behaviors that continue to create suffering, at some point, we're going to get to this place of, this is not working. Why do I keep doing this? I keep putting my hand on the hot stove and we look for something different. And I, I'm letting this pattern go. I'm letting this habit go. It's not getting me to where I want to go. 
Mm. Yeah, there, there's a lot of truth in that. And uh, I personally, I think, started my own journey with the death of one of my very best friends. I've spoken about it in my podcast uh, at 17 in a very bad car accident. And I guess that experience really, you know, of impermanence on how quick everything, you know, she, I always say we were the same age and then she was gone and I wasn't. And that, that kind of gave me that through that suffering, I understood I had to make my life count for mine and for hers. And so I, if I had to point where my own journey started, that would be, uh, you know, the first experience that really prompted me to want to I want to make something very valuable out of my life, but also help others and 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 just uh, and make it a valuable journey. So, Carly, uh, well, one of the of the big news, you know, that I want to share with the audience, and we'll talk about it, is we're going to release, you know, internationally your book in April in Sicily. So let's talk a little bit about that. We are planning because I normally ask my my guests, you know, tell us something that's exciting in your life, and I'll. I'll ask you that also, but I know I would hope that, that, that the event that we're planning together for next year is something exciting for both of us. I am beyond excited. <laughs> I yes. can't wait. Well, it's I'm... one of my favorite things to do is to create these transformative experiences for uh, people. And, and I cannot imagine someone better and anybody out there listening to this. Now, you know why, you know, I, I've been so excited for us to have an event that is a transformational event. And our vision, you know, is to have something that every human being that is part of it would come out somehow changed at the end of it for better is going to hopefully help align your inner game with your outer game, as Carly said. And it's, you know, she has a whole chapter on that in her book and I'll have the the link to that so that you can buy it because it's an amazing book. But, um, but so we are creating this event where you will be able to be part of incredible uh, inspirational sessions led by Carly and also by Professor Paul McGee. And then we're going to explore Sicily in, in a full week. So there's so much there that, that we want to, to achieve. And I know that Carly's helping put together, you know, the program. And a lot of it is really what's in her book, like how we stay, you know, more true to who we are, but also contribute to the world in a way where, where we make a positive impact. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So any thoughts on that, that you want to share? Yeah. Well, I guess the one thing that I'll share is that prior to starting to write the book, I was offering these experiences for women leaders at a beautiful eco resort called Playa Viva in Mexico for several years. And it was always one of my favorite weeks of the year because when you bring people together and as we've been more separated than ever in the midst of the pandemic, I think it's even more important that we gather in person, that we are able to engage, connect, have deeper intimacy, really witness each other in what we're calling in, what we're stepping into, so that there's a real opportunity to catalyze together, and then also to have a time for integration. And, you know, being able to be at this beautiful castle in Sicily, in this very special setting and place, 
I just think it's a one of a life one of a lifetime experiences, and we will be really cultivating these deeper conscious qualities that will support people to lead in their lives in the way that really matters to them, whether it's in you know a working role, whether it's leading more intentionally in their family, whether it's in their community. And I just really believe that we all need to be leaders now because there's so much that needs to shift and change. And we're in such a collective transformation right now with everything that's been happening in the midst of the pandemic. It's, it's really a ripe time to change patterns that are no longer serving, going back to what we were talking about. So I'm so excited to support that process and facilitate and serve people in this time. That's lovely. I, I definitely with you, what you say, collective transformation, that is something I am feeling like part of something bigger, definitely. And with this podcast, little tiny podcast that started as a side gig and, you know, that I didn't have a lot of expectations for, but it has already taken me great places. And just to see that we can help that collective transformation. And and I think I've heard you say this, but uh, me too. And you are someone that devotes your life to, to help leaders and change people. But I always say, even with one person that I'm able to touch or transform or that this podcast gets to, I'm already, I already feel like so fulfilled when I get those emails, like someone saying, I enjoy this episode or, you know, this, this thing you said really resonated. So, and I, and I'm sure you, you do the same and, uh, you know, I invite everybody and I want to invite you to also talk a bit about your shine podcast, because I know that this is something that you also are putting out there and in, in helping people in, in that change of patterns. Thank you. I will definitely share about the shine podcast. And I, I wanted to share something a little bit more vulnerably as well, just just so that people that are listening also know that I'm really walking my talk and looking at the places that I have been stuck and the places and patterns that I need to let go of to be the best version of myself. And on Sunday, I did a very long process um, with a guide and facilitator here where I live. And it was a grief ritual. And, you know, when we again, talk about what, what does it take for us to change? I I think we have to really feel all our feelings around the suffering, around the things that have kept us stuck in certain ways. And I spent about nine hours in this process of just um, grieving letting go, purging, so to speak. And you might ask, what what was I purging? Well, like some of the guests that you've had on your show, I had a traumatic childhood. And I love the parents, you know, that I have in my life, but they're acting from places that are not conscious. And after this many years of being alive, I'm very clear they're not going to change. They've had a lot of opportunities, but I can't be in relationship with them anymore in the way that they're showing up. And that really became very clear about a year and a half ago. So I have put a big boundary 
around my connection to them and, and got very clear probably about two months ago that I, I just needed to really let the form of them as my parents go. I have a lot of compassion and forgiveness for them, but it was creating and has created so much suffering in my life. And it has been such a huge, um, what do I want to say, weight that I've just let go. Like I feel so much more joy. I feel so much more freedom. I feel so much more light. I, I, don't, I don't have any expectations. I don't have any needs from them. They're in my life. They're not in my life. It's fine. And I, I needed to go there. And it was, you know, it was a lot of crying. It was screaming. It was, you yeah. know, I went in it. I was not, you know, going to leave until I got through. And, and that is the way sometimes we go through the darkness, the murkiness, the uncertainty, the grief, the fear, the rage. But the only way out is through. And, and my experience, because I've had lots of versions of this going through, there is so much more freedom and joy because we've let go. Mm-hmm. We've let go, but it can be really scary to let go. It can be scary to let go of these patterns, these ways of being, these ways of being that companies are in, right? That continue to hurt and harm because why do we what does it look like on the letting go? What, you know, I'm, what's going to hold me? What's going to support me? But there's, there's a deeper trust. There's, there's a deeper knowing that like, I'm, I'm not going to disintegrate. I'm not just going to be dropped. But the universe is friendly, coming from maybe a more spiritual mm-hmm. you know, peace. But it's always amazing to me when I just really surrender and let go and trust and the most beautiful things come in. Wow. That is um, very, very heartfelt. And I thank you for sharing that, uh, that with us because I am sure when you started sharing that, that story, I say, wow, nine hours sounds like a long time. But then you, you share what were you doing and what were you letting go and it's like, oh, nine hours is nothing. Like <laughs> that to let go the idea, you know, of, of what your parents represented. And uh, and I think it's very brave. And what uh, resonates the most for me is when you're saying they, they are not or were not acting from a conscious place. I think that that recognition and awareness, uh, going back to my question a, a while back in terms of what can you do for other people, you know, when you see them struggling and and I think that that recognition that they're not acting from a conscious place or from the same consciousness that you are experiencing at, at that given moment, that really is freeing too, because then you you start not pushing your own, you know, experience into them, but just accepting what it is. Yeah. And, you know, and we all have people in our lives like this and we can acknowledge that they're not coming from a conscious place. And it's also really important that we exercise healthy boundaries mm-hmm. and a compassionate boundary, which I talk about in my book. And I've used this multiple times with leaders. The compassionate boundary is I'm having compassion for myself, that this is a no, this might be a really big no. And I have compassion for them. So when I assert my boundary, I don't have to tear their boundary down. You know, it doesn't have to be aggressive. It doesn't have to be nasty. It can just be no. And I don't, 
I don't need you or want you in my life, you know, and, and that's being compassionate actually to me and to them. Yeah, I think that definitely has to be in our program, Carly, healthy boundaries. <laughs> I think a lot of people struggle with this. And as you say, the overall result, it's better than when you have unhealthy boundaries and just nobody's happy because it's just suffering. It's a, it's a recurring circle of suffering for everybody. When, the, when there's no healthy boundaries. I, I totally agree. Well, that thanks so much for sharing that. And that, you know, as we close the interview, is there, and I mean, and we, if you join us for one week in Sicily, you're going to hear so much more of these kind of conversations. But, you know, in the time we have, we, we cannot talk about everything. So is there no. anything that you want to share with us? that we haven't touched upon anything else well, that's exciting. Again, thank, thank you for, thank you for asking that. Um, you did mention about the podcast. And so, yes, I have a podcast too. It focuses on a lot of the things that we're talking about in the book. There's lots of tips infused in the podcast. I've interviewed lots and lots of leaders, game changers, and a lot of the nine leaders that are focused on in my book were early on in the podcast. I've had it for two and a half years, but I'm very excited for this next uh, evolution of how I can be serving leaders and companies for the greatest good. Can't wait. That's great. That's <laughs> great, Carly. And you deserve the best. And the work you're doing is really incredible. And yeah, helping leaders and, and others realize how to step into their light to shine. That's quite exciting. And, uh, you know, the last question on all my interviews is, you know, besides everything you share that you're passionate about, is there anything else that uh, makes you tick? Any activity, any go-to ritual that, that you, you know, utilize in those days when, you, when things are a little bit harder, when you don't feel at the top of your game? How do you reconnect to who Carly is? Great question. Well, I've had a yoga and meditation practice you know, since my late teens. So that's still how I wake up every morning. And, you know, since the pandemic, I would say I have really prioritized my well-being even more where I take a few hours in the morning for movement, for sounding, for dance, um, to get out in nature and just really feed the temple, which is my body so that I'm coming from a really grounded wise, loving place. And when the day doesn't go as planned, or I have some heartache or difficulty, I'm able to come back to my center, and not get too rocked. Mm, that's powerful. Oh, that sounds like a great practice. And uh, thank you for sharing that. And, uh, you know, after after this time that we spent I have no doubt that people listening, those that were already convinced about coming to Italy with us and those that are considering, you know, you know why I'm so excited now because Carly, I know it's going to put the best program together and, uh, you know, we're going to have fun, but we're also going to uh, meditate a bit and just be immersed in the most beautiful, natural place you can imagine. And, uh, you know, we're going to have the right tools, but just the beauty we're going to be surrounded with, the kind of people we're going to be surrounded mm -hmm. with is just going to be conducive to, 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 feeling, to feeling our best. So I hope you join us. I thank you, Carly, for being part of the show and of the back to, first Back to Basics experience. And uh, I cannot wait for April. 
Me either. And thank you again for inviting me to be on the podcast, for inviting me to co-create this beautiful experience with you. And how do you say, come join us in Italy? How do you say that in Italian? I so want to learn Italian. <laughs> ah, well, you're going you're gonna to learn it, but uh, it could be venite con noi. Venite con noi. Venite con noi. Uh, come venite with us. Con venite noi. con noi. In Italia. <laughs> You're going to have. Yeah, we should add a little bit of Italian basics as part of the program. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, everybody. And uh, until the next episode of Back to Basics. Bye bye. Thank you, Carly. Bye bye. You've been listening to Back to Basics. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't yet, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite streaming platforms. This is the best gift you can give us. Join me next week for another Back to Basics conversation. And if you want to find out about other exciting things I'm working on, visit LeticiaLatino.com. Thank you, and until the next time.